Good morning, Rockstars! <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, don't you all think? Right, all right, well, we'll see. Right, uh, audience out there, all right. From coast to coast, we give you a toast <laughs> as you listen to Rotten Radio on Real Presence Network. Oh, dear. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm your host, Christ Father John Rutten. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm just a participant. I'll turn it over to the host now. I, right. I don't know if this is going to work, so here we go. It's live. We're on. So, Joe Rutten, uh, host of... Rutten Radio and the Real Presence Network, and usually I kick it off with a wonderful Good Morning Rockstars! And this time... He had to get that in. I just it came out of me. I didn't I know what to out. do. And so Father John kicked it off. So yeah. I think Father John should host this hour of Rutten Radio. Me hosting this hour is about like me giving directions while you're driving somewhere. That's Good luck it, getting to your listeners destination. Listeners out there, if you could have seen Father Paul's reaction, it was like, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Please, please dear God, please. no. Uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yes. Uh, so anyway, let's move on to our listeners out there. Welcome, Rutten Radio. Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Institute at Mount Marty University. And I'm joined, as always, by the Brothers Rutten, my two brother priests. I'm Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I'm Father Paul Rutten, the pastor of St. Mary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Well, this is outstanding, And together brothers. we are Rutten Radio. How are we doing, fellas? I'm doing well. It's been good. I oh am celebrating 16 years of sobriety. Oh, and wow. yeah. man, like what a journey. I look back through a bunch of calendars from the family, you know, the family Christmas gift and oh my gosh, ah, like so much better. It's amazing. But who'd uh, ever uh, thought? Uh, I couldn't uh, imagine. Sobriety. Sobriety. sobriety yeah. Yeah. So much it's like the, the most terrifying experience. And it's also like the most exhilarating experience. Reality is really amazing. Life is really amazing. Sometimes it's hard though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Reality comes with, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All that stuff. That well, congratulations, you... Father John. Yeah. That's so exciting. life is good. Yeah. Father Paul, what have you been up to? Life as well. I don't know. I'm grateful that. Uh, well, as though we're recording it early, I'm grateful the election's over, um, yeah. <laughs> and I hope we can sort of move on in a way that, uh, yeah, it just. Right. So, for our listeners out there, this is pre-recorded, and we are airing the mon or the Wednesday, Wednesday morning after Election Tuesday. So we, all we know. Is that Jesus still is Lord? <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. So whatever came of it, yeah. uh, the Lord's in charge. Yeah. So, well, fantastic. Well, we've got a great month coming up here. You can follow us as we do our movie of the month for our annual Rutten of the Radio uh, uh, monthly Rutten of the Radio program. And if you're listening, you can follow us on the RPR network, your traditional radio stations. You can actually probably what most people do is you just have it on your app on your phone. So whatever you need to do, get that app on your phone, go ahead and do that. You can listen to us anywhere you go, anywhere around the radio or anywhere around the world. Father Paul, Father John, you got anything before we kick this thing off? Nope. Father John? Good to go. Rock on. Let's do it. The movie of the month is... The Lord of the Rings, The The Return Return of of the the King. King. Father Paul... You want yes. to fill us in on the context. So Gandalf and Aragorn lead the world of men against Sauron's army to draw his gaze from Frodo and Sam as they approach Mount Doom with the One Ring. And this is the concluding yes. episode of the trilogy. Yes. So dun, I kind dun, of was dun. like, you know, is there any way they could have just made this into one three-hour episode? No. Would that have been possible? No. Well, you could, but it wouldn't be worth it. So I went to rent The Lord of the Rings, and all of a sudden I scrolled down for The the Return of the King, and there's a four and a half hour version of this thing. (laughs) And I'm like, dear God, like, do people actually select the four and a half hour version? (laughs) 
<laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, so, you did. So when you look at it, you can't tell. It's in parentheses when it says extended edition. Yeah. And I bought it. It cost me $16. <laughs> 16 or $17. I thought like five times. I'm like, do I really want to do this? Is there another way I can get this? I have the DVD at the office, but I don't have anything anymore that plays it. Could I find somebody that plays it? I was, I was my day off. The last thing I wanted to do was start running around. I thought, just... Buy the thing. How many things have you spent $15 on and it was a total waste? This is for Rutten Radio. Bear spray. Bear spray. <laughs> but it wasn't a waste. Because <laughs> Vince Jones bought it from me and so I got my money back. Uh, and was and, and was very... Anyway, we don't need to go there. That. So uh, it's the when, only when I watched I it, I was like, I wonder how much like 30 minutes are into it. And I'm like, how much hours? And I looked at it and it was four hours and like 23 minutes. And I'm like... What time is it? <laughs> and then I looked at the parentheses and it says extended edition. I'm like, yeah, four hours and 23 minutes. What am I doing? Oh, and I thought, oh. I wonder if there was another way to buy a different version of this. So, to answer your question, yes, here I am. I bought it accidentally, and yet there are those people that would choose willingly, yeah. Father Paul. Yeah, absolutely. It's the only way to watch the movie. The in fact, way. some of the stuff I have is only in the extended version. Oh, that makes so sense. There'll be things we'll talk about that if you didn't watch the extended version. This looks like it might just be a dialogue between you and I, Paul. Well, you never know. Because <laughs> Joe didn't watch right. the real thing. Uh, Joe didn't want to spend four <laughs> kind of like hours. Kind of like the Goonies with the episode that has the uh, octopus. Oh, Yeah. That's right. right. Did you know that? The Goonies, no. The Goonies you has didn't? an octopus. Hmm. How old are you? Well, older than you. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. But, but I wasn't here for the Goonies episode. Oh. Oh, you weren't on the recording? No. Oh. Mm. Wow. I'm yeah. sorry. So am I. Man, classic. Yeah, we should have done a replacement. I even, we even got honorary Goonies shirts. Yeah. yeah. No, the exact, yeah, no, they're, yeah, just... Pour salt on the wound. <laughs> and by the way, they're really nice shirts. They're like some of the best. They're really good right. shirts. No, yep, uh, I know. I yeah. Anyways, yeah. anyway, so I didn't get a shirt. So, uh, here we go, Lord of the Rings. There is violence. Yeah, there's a little bit of warning. There's some violence and some Warm, gore. Yeah. You know, if you've seen the last one, it's the same stuff. So, well, we like to kind of dig in for insights and and thoughts about uh, the film and kind of how it resonated with your moments and scenes and how that connects to your life. So with that, who wants to jump in first to The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King? All right. Well, I guess I'll start. Um, John, I, like patience. He's, he's. I don't know if that was patience. Oh, um, oh. You're, you're, he's not following <laughs> the script. he wants to go. It's the problem. Uh, you're not following it. the script. Yeah, I'm not following the script. And I was looking at the initial <laughs> thoughts and comments, and it says Paul first, right. then me. But we never did the part where... Were the thoughts and comments, so I was waiting, right. and then all so of a sudden... so that was the problem. Okay, so... I liked the uh, second one still better. <laughs> you did? Yeah. But this, I mean, it was good. This was good to wrap it up, but I still liked the What was one. it about the second one that... Well, why not... Well, yeah, we, I mean, we can get into it later, but I still liked the second one better. Yeah, it redeemed the second one, but to me, the second one was still the worst. And uh, I think... I think in a way because of the cast character development, just a lot happened in the second one. But for me, this one, I like the buildup and the conclusion. Right. So Right, right. I still think that it should have been like Dances with Wolves, one long movie. You guys like look like you want to kill me or something. No, you like, can't this do is it a because there's a book. Is it a... You can't violate that much of a book. I mean, they already have to violate a movie when you make one. I mean, like... It, there's just no way, and like no way. So it'd be you like so trying to turn the Star Lord of the Rings. It, you'd so offend the Lord of the Rings followers, and you don't have enough people who don't follow it to to want to watch it for four and a half hours. Is this like? Is there a large following to the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Is this? A, is there are this... people that actually know the language created. That's by ridiculous. Tolkien. That is crazy. So yeah, there's a large following. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, Michelle Dupong actually loves. I mean, like this was her one of her favorite movies. Like she, like this, this is it right here. So well, yeah. I could see where it turn turn into like a, a, a definitely a classic of all time. The book was amazing. The films were great. 
I still just can't get over my reaction to when I saw four and a half <laughs> yeah. hours. I thought, yeah. mm, no. Well, let's jump uh, so, into it. Yeah, so one of the dynamics I found <clears throat> throughout it all is uh, the virtue of courage and fortitude that a couple of different times, too, the actual word courage was used, and it's you could just feel when the word would come almost there was a power with just speaking the word, like, you know, have courage. And this recognition of having to stay with something when you don't have much strength, right? You need a deep resolve. Resolve and strength are different things, right? A deep resolve is a determination toward the goal. Strength is the ability to get there. So even when your strength runs out, you can still have resolve to want to accomplish it. And right. if you have that resolve, then when your strength runs out, you're open and you're still present in a way that other things can come in and can help move you there. And so as Frodo is moving towards this uh, Mount Doom, he has both strength and resolve. Right. And there's the scene where the, the elfish uh, bread gets cast over, yep. right? Lambus. And so he doesn't have the Lambus. He doesn't have the ability to gain his strength. But he has resolve. And because of that, then other means come into play that help him continue forward. And one of those means is actually the one who threw the the Lambus off, you know? Um, but Samwise becomes an important part of the courage that, that Frodo needs. And uh, then, lo and behold, at a certain point, what shows up back in his, when he because he had resolve, he stays on this path, and then the elvish bread, the lambish, shows back up again, and then he can get strength. So I really found uh, the dynamic of of fortitude, of of courage to stay with something, but it's not just a fortitude that's of my strength, or or that strength needs to be uh, paired with a resolve to get to where I want to go. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And then the end of the film talking about the importance of friendship. And it seems to me that friendship is maybe a necessary mm -hmm. element to the accomplishment, the accomplishing of the task with resolve in some way. We've talked many times about like this rugged individualism yeah. versus this community concept or, or friendship, discipleship that you need in order to live well, because we're not always on our A game. We're not always capable of doing what's required. And sometimes we just need that support of friendship of another in order to help us accomplish with resolve those great tasks that are put in front of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. even, you know, and I think the other challenge is, is realizing when you when you need the help of the other and when the other can't help you. Like there is this, I think, real challenge at times in life where uh, we want to help somebody, but we really shouldn't, or mm. we, we, we shouldn't do for them what they can do for themselves. You know, but there is the scene where Sam then has to carry Frodo because he literally cannot move because of the weight of the ring. But F Sam can carry Frodo because the weight of the ring is not pulling on him. You know, so there is that that scene. Yeah, that's a beautiful know? scene. Uh, and so, but but Sam also knows that he can't carry the ring for Frodo. Right. And so there is this this mystery of of having the resolve, but sometimes needing help, uh, and knowing when is the help really helpful and when is the help mm -hmm. actually going to be detrimental. Boy, that's uh, a great reflection just in our own lives about how we live and live with other people and how we are in community with family or spouses or children or friends. Right. You know, is it possible that sometimes we help in a way which is actually harmful or hurtful? Or is it sometimes where we don't help when we should? You know, I think yeah. there's a real, it's a, there's a lot yeah, there. Yeah, to really pray for that grace to know, is it just an encouragement that I need to give them? And sometimes mm -hmm. that's what Sam would do, just encourage Frodo. Mm -hmm. And Frodo would get moving, you know, but right. what do I need? Just an encouragement? Or do I really need to literally help? You know, again, you think about Jesus carrying the cross. Yes. You know, and, and he didn't do it all by himself. Did you see at one point when he gets captured by the orcs and they have him bound up and then he's realizing he doesn't have his ring? He yep. doesn't have his ring, right? Um, at the point where they he receives the ring back, you can see around his neck the worn patterns 
yeah. of the chain. And the chain, it's not heavy, right? I mean, it's right. just a little ring and a little chain, but the weight of it, it represented, uh, I, I noticed that, oh, that's the cross. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And in a way, this is, if Frodo is a Christ figure, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Gandalf also, but if Frodo is a Christ figure, he is living in such a way um, similar to us, and we're going to get into the second half about Perg- or about All Souls Day yep. and the way in which what is our role, yep. and in some ways, like it, we have a similar role as Samwise. Yeah. Can you say a little bit about how that plays itself out for you, the the relationship between Frodo and Samwise and Christ and us today? I guess I, I'm trying to see exactly the direction that you're going with it, but. Uh, Sometimes we really do need to, to help, and we are the 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 help that that Christ is look, needing uh, to have something happen. Like, with if I don't do it, who's going to do it? You know, uh, if I'm not willing to pick up this cross and help someone, uh, then then how is it going to happen in the midst of it? I guess I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly. Yeah, maybe this helps clarify what I was thinking too. Just your response uh, that. In the end, Frodo is the only one who can take the mission. Right. But Samwise actually participates in the mission. Sure, sure. Uh, and so in a way, like, only Jesus Christ can save the world. Only he can redeem us. He is the only one sent by the Father to accomplish the mission. But in a way, he doesn't accomplish it without us. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Maybe it would be yep. the, the thing I was kind of wondering about. And that's a really incredible insight to see how that plays out as Samwise— you know, you think of Veronica. Yeah. Or you yep. think of the Simon, you know. Yep. There's these people. The women, I mean, like all kinds of people are, are a part of it, you know. And, and and again, I think that's sort of what Pope Francis keeps trying to elude is we're not saved alone. Like there is this communal nature. There is this idea that uh, salvation isn't just this thing that it only happens in my life, in my way. But it, there really is this need to be a part of it. And to see that Christ is going to use all of us to, to bring about salvation. Well, and Scripture says this, right? Um, I forget exactly how the translation goes, but it references that um, it, we rejoice because in our own lives we participate in the sufferings of Christ. And it says something about what is lacking, or but I don't know the translation issues there, but this idea that we participate yeah. in the cross of Christ, mm-hmm. in our own care, the carrying of our own cross— well, that carrying of our cross is a participation in the greater mission of salvation, right? And this is where this whole communion of saints comes in and church militant, right? Church militant, the the church purgative and the church triumphant that we are yeah. on a journey and participating in this larger pilgrimage. What else do we got uh, in here? This four and a half hour movie oh, is yeah, filled right, with details. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, jump in. For anywhere. me, I there think so what, what really struck me in this movie was there was lots of moments in which people were given opportunities to change. Uh, they were on a path, uh, whether it was a good path or a bad path, uh, and they had these moments where they really had to make decisions one way or the other. Um, <clears throat> classic is still Smeagol. Uh, and in that whole idea of his battle of, between him and Gollum, you know, it's like a split personality within them. Um, you know, and you look at that and you say, was it was it the weight of having killed his cousin that he just couldn't let go of or accept? Because there is this moment, I think, in all of our lives, right, where we have done something and we say to ourselves, I can't believe I just did that. That was the thing I thought I would never do. Mm-hmm. Um and can I accept God's mercy and not let that be this thing that, that is held over me as well uh, in the midst of that? Um, and then you see uh, the, the one, uh, he's not the king, he's the, like the vice ruler, Denethor. Uh, and he has his whole hopes and dreams placed on his son Boromir, who is a failure mm-hmm. uh, and, and doesn't love his son Faramir. Uh, and so much so that he's willing to sacrifice him on a fire. Like literally to to burn his son, you know. Again, I mean, you could. It, it, it's a, not Isaac and, and Jacob, but this idea that he just couldn't. Like he couldn't let go of the fact that the the way he was supposed to be uh, in the midst of it. And then also, Saruman is again. This is extended version. This isn't in the non extended version. Saruman's given a chance to to be redeemed at the end, uh, and he's standing up there on top, and and it's like, and he won't do it. 
Uh, and then we see that Wormtongue stabs him and then throws him off the cliff or off the, the thing. Mm-hmm. But again, each time we see these ideas of uh, opportunities to change and what causes someone to change, what causes someone not to change. You know, I think about that often in the world of addiction. Like, why does someone allow God's grace to set them free and someone else doesn't? <laughs> you know, and, and so I think these characters really embody this this real question for all of us. You know, what is keeping us from changing? Will and grace. There's something in there. Pride and humility. And grace. You know, oh, yeah. like uh, that that idea. Uh, so for me, that was probably the thing that I kept watching uh, throughout the whole movie was just that idea of opportunity after opportunity. I have to think, you know, again, Christ is constantly calling us to change. Like constantly. Mm-hmm. And again, are we responding to the change, to the grace, or are we resisting uh, and staying our course and, and kind of, you know, in the midst of it. Right. I find in my own life that it's the small, it's the real normal places that I really struggle to change. So it's the frustration with my spouse. It's, well, I'll tell you my, my greatest place that I need to change the hour between 7:30 and 8:30 when my kids need to be getting ready for bed. And when they're in bed sleeping, it's torture for me. <laughs> I know I'm a poor person at it. Like it's, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't pray about it. I don't examine why I'm frustrated with this situation in this circumstance. But even last night, I'm just like, ah, oh, right. I just like, I just want them to go to bed, or I just want them to listen to me. Would you just brush your teeth, you know? And telling a three-year-old to brush his teeth, and then <laughs> expecting him to act like a thirteen or a thirty-year-old is irrational. Yeah. That's me, right? But why am I experienced? Well, I don't know. I don't want to look in the yeah. mirror. I don't want to do the examination and the hard work. But this is where, for me, I feel that that place that a lot of times I've realized it's in the normal experiences of my day that the Lord's calling me yeah. to examine and to to say, to say choose Him. And like, I don't want to pray about it. Like, why am I so stuck on yeah. wanting to be frustrated or controlling and but when I do just see a little window, a little teeny window, and I'm like, all right, Lord, I give up. I love you. Please help me. Like yeah. it, that a little window is about all I need to sneak my, you know, yeah. my will into and say yes, and then just give up and say, all right, Lord, I need all the help I can get here. All right, take a deep breath, say a prayer, and then try and reorient myself to serve those in front of me. But uh, it's not these big, huge moments. Oh. It's not, it's these little teeny things in my day where... <clears throat> Um, I'm I'm working, but it seems like sometimes the further along I get, the worse I seem. I think I'm mad at it, and I don't know if it's because I'm just being more attentive now to the to the reality, or if like I'm just getting poorer at it. But my sense is that the closer I get, the more I realize I have work sure. to do. Yeah. Well, Joe, what would you? You know what? Any other? I. I I tell you what, I'm really fascinated, Father Paul, by the 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 decision thing, right? And, and Father John, like, I think you both really brought out very interesting aspects. Uh, when John talked about resolve, I thought about like what's possible. This idea of the that that when I think it, nothing's possible, I'm done, I'm spent. That this is where like something else comes into the picture, and it forces me to rely on Christ's grace. I can no longer do it of my own accord. So it's like I found some of the most, the best experiences of my life, the most impactful ones have been when I'm at the end of my ropes. Yep. But then to tie it into Father Paul, there is a decision that was there that's in front of me that I have to choose. Yep. I have to kind of assent or give to and allow something to happen. And I think that's the place where I looked in. in the example that I had from the movie was when one of the hobbits, I forget which one, had the eye, the ball, Mm -hmm. and this idea that said he's constantly tempted by it, even to the point where he steals it from Gandalf so that he can peer into it, and then Gandalf catches him. But when he gets caught, the first thing he does to Gandalf is say, I'm sorry. That acknowledgement of our wrong, that desire for, is where I just leaned in and said, you know, I have to do that. But then he had to leave 
with Gandalf. So this idea really that that you can say you're sorry, but there's still a consequence. Right. Gandalf like takes him. That's because, right. because he had to leave because this is who they think has the ring. Right. And so they they have to. And so this idea that it mm-hmm. isn't just we say we're sorry and then it's all better. But the church says there is still you you still have to a part to play in this. Yeah, which right. is a great uh, recognition of purgatory, right. of a work that's still to be done. Yeah, it yeah. isn't just this magic, like, oh, you don't have to worry now. Like, there are consequences to it uh, in the midst of that. And and so, yeah. And that transitions yeah. us perfectly into the second half hour. We'll wrap up the first half hour here. If you're listening to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, uh, this is uh, Father John, Father Paul, Joe. We're chatting about the Lord of the Rings, the final uh, movie of the the trilogy, The Return of the King, and uh, this concept that we're going to talk about in the second half hour, purgatory, uh, really is part of what we're talking about here. There are consequences for our actions. There are consequences for our choices, for the way in which we live our life, for the impact that sin and evil have, ha- have had on us. And at some point in our life, there's some sort of a reckoning, a recompense uh, that has to come about for them. So... Final thought uh, in the last minute here, brothers, that you want to wrap um, it up with. My, uh, I was really struck by the beginning of it with the killing of the cousin and couldn't help but think about Cain and Abel Ooh, and right. and that when things began, there was something that was so powerful that you would be willing to take another life. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, and I'm sure that it happens to normal people too. It's not like oh, only... Yeah. Some evil person does things like no. this. No, I think, that, and that's the that's the part that how do you not convey that you think that something that they're this evil person, but this is a good person who made a really really bad decision. Right. Well, as we finish up the first half hour here of Brutton Radio, uh, we're grateful that you've joined us, and we hope that you'll support our sponsors here. And we'll be back briefly for the second half hour of Rutten Radio as we talk about purgatory. And we're back to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. We are your local and regional Catholic media network for for all things awesome. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter. No, we don't do Twitter, but Real Presence Radio does. But primarily Facebook, if you want to interact with us, go ahead and make a comment. Shoot us a note. Let us know what your thoughts are. As we finished up uh, the trilogy of The Lord of the Rings in the first half hour of our November section, of Rutten Radio. I'll have to say, it was awesome. I love Lord of the Rings. So we hope you enjoyed that. Second half hour here, we'll jump right in. Uh, But first, before we do our topic for the second half hour, we need to do some shout-outs. Yes, a shout-out to Eli at the Real Presence Network in the Fargo office. I was on a show with him, and he informed me that he is now the proud owner of a Rutten Radio coffee mug. No Yes, and for all of you that are getting ready for your Christmas presents, if you want to get a little stocking stuffer, now we don't make any money off of it, but it's still awesome to see uh, the swag out there. Uh, Get a great stocking stuffer, a great surprise gift for someone. Get them the mugs. (laughs) Plural. You get a mug with three mugs on it, and uh, in his words, without any... It's really big. I said, well, of course, we love our coffee. <laughs> so you could Eli, uh, also do shout that out for to you and thanks for all your work. Uh, white elephant gifts yep. <laughs> Maybe yep. as well. Rutten Radio uh, swag. Father Paul, shout out. Uh, it's a Riley Jorgensen, uh, who is a faithful listener, also just a faithful Catholic, great husband, father, great all around young man. I'll give a shout out to Beth Noonan. She always seems to listen every time. She's like, hey, this, yeah. and I'm like, oh, you listened? Oh, yeah. She's she like, well, of course I do. And I'm like, wow, every month it seems like yeah. Beth Noonan She Noonan's even gave us in, the music so. the one time. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So best game on, shout out. Joelle and Klein, the whole yeah. crew, give a shout out there. Uh, I got a friend, Addie, in the event company, and I was supposed to be at a meeting with her right now. So I was like, well, I got to go, Addie. How about I give you a shout out on yeah, the radio? It. So it's like an And the Faith and Business Conference coming up next August, which is what I'm working with Addie on. So right. that's about it for shout outs in my neck of the woods. With that, let's turn it over to Father John for our topic for the second half hour of November's show, Purgatory. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Considering for the month of November, it's a time for us to take uh, seriously the souls of the faithful departed. And uh, the sh show today, just a couple of days ago, is following uh, All Souls Day. Everyone is sort of on board with All Saints. We love All Saints, you know. Um, and uh, even those that aren't Catholic, you know, our, our Lutheran brother and, and brothers and sisters and Methodists, you know, they all have sort of a history, too, of of saints, so we have some unity in that. But uh, All Souls Day, that's just for the Catholics. Like, <laughs> there's only, you know, even the Catholics are like, what? Uh, so yeah, All Souls Day is this opportunity where we really recognize that there are souls, people who have been born into this world and have passed on. And when we were watching the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, there's a spot where during one of the battles, Mary thinks that they're going to die. And he says, I didn't think it would end this way. Now, that in itself, who of us knows how our life mm. is going to end? Mm -hmm. And how many of us are putting effort and attention and all of resources, money into things that actually are not about how our life is going to end? Uh, but he says, I didn't think it was going to end this way. Uh, and Gandalf responds, end? No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we all must take. And immediately it it hit me as this recognition of purgatory that, well, of another life beyond, okay? And this recognition as Catholics, well, if we die in that battle and we got work to do, God is not going to just welcome into himself face to face. God cannot be before anything that is not pure. And so this this recognition of, yeah, there's going to be a journey to in purgatory for me. <laughs> and I'm told by the tradition of the church and the gifts of those that have uh, educated us and taught us that you're better off doing that work now. Right. So, so purgatory much better off doing can be that work done now. now. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about purgatory. What is purgatory? You know, John kind of alluded to this thing after death that you know, we get some work done on us. Like, is it a mechanic shop or <laughs> you take our car in or a car wash or how, how would you describe purgatory? Well, it, it's the honest recognition that we didn't allow God to do what he wanted to do with us while we were still alive on earth. And for us to be in heaven, we have to be purified of any desire that isn't of God. And so it, it's a moment or a state, it's it, and this is kind of part of the tricky thing I think with purgatory is how do we describe it? And like, how, what does it look like? You know, um, but it is this the state of being in which I allow God's love to be so powerful that it burns away everything that is not of Him that is still I'm still clinging to the things that I wouldn't let go of that are little or you know they're not necessarily big things, but they're still not what I'm supposed to be holding on to. In the so purgatory is an act of God's love Yep, that burns away or purifies. purifies. Yeah. So hence pur to purge, to purify. Yep. Um, is it like a place that we go to, like the green room that uh, actors wait in before they go on stage? Or is it like a, a I guess that is the hard part, right? Because well, we it's not yeah. in time. Yeah. But it's a process and as much as... And you're on the way to heaven. There's no, there's no right. other place you're going to go. So right. there's also this reality that you know where you're going. <laughs> so there isn't like this, like still wondering. Like you, there's just this, like I'm going to heaven. Right. And so I want to let God's love purify me to the nth degree so that when I, that, that I can enter in, in a way that there's nothing. That's a really good point that you made there. My eight-year-old just yesterday said, Dad, can those that are in purgatory go to hell? Right. And I was like, number one, like, what? What do you, you learn? You know, like, who are you having these conversations with? Thank you to the Catholic school system. I love you. Yeah. I'm grateful my kid goes there. So he's in second preparation for first sacrament of reconciliation. And I thought, no, 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 no. Purgatory is a beautiful place. Now, you know, it's, it went through a little bit. But this idea that purgatory is a process a place by which we we get ready to go to stand before our Lord, to be present to our Lord, correct? Yeah. And it's for all of eternity. For all of eternity, <laughs> right? And we don't just die and then get to be like, oh, hey, how's everybody doing necessarily is you what you're could. saying. You could. If. So if you allow God's love to purify everything in your life, that you 
Yeah. Here then you're Earth. ready to go. But uh, we still have attachments, our phone. <laughs> like we're not, you know, like all these things. Um, yeah. Like yeah, a great example I always go back to is dad. When, when dad, when we were being raised, dad was a great father. He was a man of great faith. He worked really hard to provide for nine kids and a wife. And, uh, you know, he had a journey and he got holier as his life went on and he became more himself as the end. But when he was dying, I'll never forget, uh, him laying in that couch at the time he was just in the couch, this, uh, in the living room. Uh, and he was in so much pain. But the pain wasn't physical. The pain was he couldn't get up off that couch and go to work. Right. The pain was he couldn't provide. And he said something I'll never forget. He never, I've never heard it from him before, so I don't think he ever told anybody. I think for the first time in his life, he finally articulated it. He said he was crying. This dad, like on the couch, crying, unable to get up. And he said, I always believed that if I couldn't provide for your mother and you, that I was a failure. Hmm. That's a lie. Yeah. God loves you, Ed Rutten. Not His love for you isn't determined by how well you provide for everybody. His love isn't determined by how hard you work. His love, God loves you, Ed Rutten. And that was a purification. Right. It was painful, but it was love was invading him. And so here he is, unable to move, unable to work very much. He's laying on the couch. He can't do anything day after day after day after day. And what did he get to experience? All of his children coming to him. What did he get to experience? His wife serving him. What did he get to experience? His friends that we never really saw in a way like come to him. Uh, and it was a beautiful experience of transformation. If that moment hadn't happened in Ed Rutten's life while he was here, that had to be purified somewhere. Right. right. That's what purgatory is, is those things that don't get invaded by God's love here. Right, right. right. That's a beautiful example. Yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> It's an it's an interesting just on the on Main Street, right? Main Street purgatory isn't something that even really is talked a lot about in Catholic circles anymore. I find your average Catholic isn't when somebody dies, like the ability to say I'll pray for their soul. It seems to me there's a sense a little bit. Now you you two are on the front lines. Maybe you have a similar experience or not, but generally speaking, we've turned uh, funerals into celebrations of life, mm-hmm. and it's like we're honoring them and like. I don't know that we're really growing in the sense that there's work to be done after death or that I ought to be praying for the souls of those that have died because they require this assistance to purify them. And it just makes me wonder, like, where are we going in the long term, maybe with the church or the broader culture that says, have we lost the sacredness of death and what comes with death following it? And, you know, if this is true, that we all die and have a lot of work that still is undone. Um, it, how is it important that we kind of bring this back to conversations and ha- and help people understand what purgatory is, or is it like, oh well, it's all good? Just we got other things to worry about. Well, I think that's why we're talking about it right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's what we're doing. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I think it, it's crucial because then we we don't we don't do our part we're still left behind to pray for them, to, to have a mass said for them, to sacrifice for them. Uh, even I think the idea then to say, do we tell them how much we love? Like you think about these people who have died. And again, if, if love is part of this, like this real need to help them understand how much we love them and how much they meant to us and how much we're willing to still, you know, to do what we can in, in their life, uh, and that there is a, a role to play in this. The other thing I think that happens is if we don't have a way to deal with this reality, then we can't acknowledge that they weren't that they had any flaws when they die. Because we gotta get them like like they should gotta get to heaven. So we can't this gives you the freedom to say, well, there there's gonna be some work to be done. <laughs> like this person did need, you know, didn't quite receive love in the way they should. And so we keep praying for him and we keep him, you know, 
Um, and for me, it helps us to be able to see that God still is incredibly merciful, and the greatest thing he wants is for us to receive his love. And if we haven't done it yet, it has to be done, you know? Mm. And maybe this is a place where, the, what, how you describe those things, that we come back to this with a real understanding of what it is that we're doing, that it's not just like, oh, we don't want to lose purgatory, but no, like this is real and how to help people do that. And in a way, maybe we ended up where we are because things were so far one way, you know, there was no hope. There was no like, wow, what if, you know, we do have saints among us and uh, people are there, you know, and then you come the other way and then everybody's going to be there, but a real need to look at things and say, oh, but what about this? And then to me, purgatory is a natural fit. You can just see if I look at the life, I'm like, oh yeah, there's work to be done. I mean, the story of dad. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, well I got some of that. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Oh, all of you kids, like don't stop praying for me. That's what mom would say, right? She's like, don't stop praying for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Uh, So there's a reasonableness to why we come back to the place to say, we got to make sure we don't forget this, you know? Right. Yeah, and I think we could still see, you know, with mom, there were some things she still <laughs> needed work on. Yeah. You know, and so to know that, like, yep, yep, she received the last sacraments, all those things were good, but she still, there was still evidential work to be done uh, in the area of God's love for her. And so are we willing to continue to pray for her and to realize that that however long it takes— you so know? you mentioned uh, that you praying for her and for others numerous times. Tell me a little bit, if you can, about um, the capacity for them to do work in purgatory or for us to do their work in purgatory. So why is it that we pray for people that are have died, that are in purgatory? Well, scripturally, we've been encouraged to do so. Uh, we can see in Revelation uh, the, the certainty— uh, the Word of God tells us that nothing can enter heaven that is unclean. And we find in a couple of different places, there's, uh, is it Maccabees, Second I think? Second Maccabees. Second yep. Maccabees, he talks about, were you going to Yep, no, no, go yeah. ahead. The, uh, Second Maccabees carries with the circumstance of of recognition that there are those that need to be prayed for after they die. And then in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, um, whoever says a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven— but whoever speaks against the Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Right. And this recognition that we realize there's another age to come, there's another place in which forgiveness is still possible, right? Not the forgiveness of the union. You have to be in union when you die with Jesus in a state of grace, but there's these other things that can be healed. Uh, and so, in a way, that's why we do these things. Is that what you were? Yeah, and then at? why? But why? So how is it? What I'm looking at is in in once you die, your ability to contribute to your purgation is complete. Oh yeah, because you don't right. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting at here. Like, so you're stu- why are you praying sort of, for them? Why don't they just deal yeah, with it themselves? You're sort of stuck. Then, like again, it was sort of dad on the couch. Like you, you're just you're at the mercy of of God and others at this moment, and so. And the reason you're at the the mercy is because you don't have a body, hmm. right? The human person is a ensouled uh, body, right. the union of the body and the soul, and and it is the body that makes it possible. Angels are different. Angels are pure intellect, so angels have a different way of operating. But a human being, the body is the means through with it which it accomplishes its work. Um, now, hmm. I'm a little stuck on then what does that mean about the saints because they wouldn't have their body yet either but they would be in union in some way generally speaking we need others to be our uh samwise walk along with us and help us carry our cross pray for us do some of that work for us after we die we need them to pray for us and that's why we have masses offered and Mm -hmm. we say prayers for people it's because we're contributing the work that's required the graces that are needed for that yeah. person's purgation. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I heard a story one time of someone who had a near-death experience, and they were in like a grave, kind of like they, with this like covering over them, this like sheet they could see above it, and there were angels standing outside of the the grave, uh, but they couldn't move, hmm. and that was their. Per- they couldn't do anything. 
Right? In a way, that's where I got the sense of the body. Sure. Like they couldn't get up, they couldn't move the sheet, they couldn't like they were. Um, and so prayers, the the prayers of people on earth, assist that soul in the work of purification that like needs to be done. Like for the first time, I had this deep thing in me that just said, oh yeah, I have lots of masses said. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> that little exam, like, yeah, what if you, you are kind of stuck? Like, oh yeah, that'd be, oh yeah, I don't want that. Yep, oh, all right. I need to have like 12,000 masses said, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I did or, get on a perpetual or, mass list. I'm or like, just let God work on you now. Right. Amen. 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 So wherever yeah. you're at out there for our listeners, right? I think that's yeah. part of the invitation that God's love is present and yeah. God wants to be present to us right now where we're at. Yeah. The other one, uh, so my friend Rick uh, had mentioned this as well. You know, his his favorite saint on purgatory is St. Catherine of Genoa, who is the one that really sees this as, as this act of love that really is burning away the things that are not of us. Uh, because there is also a common idea of, of like purgatory being like, kind of like many hell, it's painful, it's fire, it's like, you know, like tormenting, like, and it's it it's not in that sense, it's love. And so it's this, it's the pain you experience when you, when you encounter someone who really loves you uh, in a way that you just are overwhelmed by that. Uh, that. That is like powerful and so you could say painful in a sense uh, in the midst of that. And so St. Catherine of Genoa would be one who really also helps us understand this idea of love, that it really is out of love that, that this is happening. Um, and that when we get caught up in all of the ideas, you know, uh, of exactly how it's going to work, you know, versus this idea that God wants to, to, to make us all saints. And so either <laughs> he's going to, we're going to let him do it now or He's, he's going to do it later, but it's got to get done. Uh, and I think the other thing, though, that, that we could see even now is the example that we can set then for other people here on earth when we allow ourselves to be purified by God. So you look at, like, the life of Dad and what a witness all of that was for all of those people to see something like that. Or the number of saints that, that have, you know, had difficult moments in their life and it's been inspirational and they've had this idea and this positivity about it that they know that God is with them and they know that they are loved and they know that this is simply purifying them of things that are not uh, of what God wants for us. God's love. Man. Um, yeah, I just, the ability to live purgatory here uh, I think for me is something I've just begun to really get a grasp of, like what that all means and looks like and feels like, uh, looks like. And the thing that I've always liked is the historical look at it, right? I've always liked studying the theology of it and mm -hmm. the apologetics of it, the experience and the reality of it, though, I haven't always been jointed. Um, and just to know that like God's love sometimes is like, discovered in vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, God's love can be kind of understood. Uh, the quality of your relationship and God's love can be understood by trust. Like how well do you trust? Like, so the trust, Jesus, I trust in you. Like I've prayed yep. this prayer for years. Like, and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Trust. Like my inability to trust this person actually might not be a problem with this relationship or with them might be a problem with my relationship with God. Right. And there's this like thing that turns in my stomach, kind of like it's part of like a lot of my, it's, it's a litmus test that tells me when I'm uncomfortable and things aren't right. But oftentimes I've found that the thing that isn't right has nothing to do with anything outside of me. Right. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and that that's where a, a place where I can discern, wait a minute, I need, this is my purgatory. Right. And it's not some far off thing, but no, it's present right here, right now. And that as I, I just found that like living in a purging state is a great place to be because you experience freedom and happiness and joy in it. And this is Jacques Philippe. Every time I read sure. Jacques Philippe, I'm like, oh, he's given me a key to helping me better live purgatory on earth. Right. And then it's like, wow, this thing's magical. Why doesn't everybody like, you know, 
Well, well because it's <laughs> right, Father Paul. Because he pokes at the I one thing know. you don't want him to poke at. He says things like you should give up coffee or no. you should give up beer <laughs> no. or you should stop watching TV no. or, you know, all of those things. Like that's the I thing. Know. Like, are we really willing to let him take, right. you know, those things from us? And I think also, you know, you look at all of the things going on in our world, you know, and do we really trust that God is still in charge? Hmm. You know, no matter who is the president of the United States, no matter what happens to our country, no matter how many hurricanes, how many fires, is God still in charge? And am I in tune with what God is asking of me? And am I doing what he's asked of me? Mm. And am I experiencing a peace that comes from that? Even if everything's falling apart around me, if I'm really doing what he wants me to do, then I'm then I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Now, everyone else might tell me to do something different, but I'm doing, and it might be painful to have to let go of the things that I think I should do, and he's not asking me to do them. Hmm. Well, we're getting close to the last half hour here of Rutten Radio for the month of November. It's gone quick again, as always. We watched Lord of the Rings, the third part, the Return of the King for the first half hour. And as we wrap up the second half hour, any final comments or thoughts about uh, movie themes or purgatory in general? Yeah, I mean, again, I think the movie is worth watching, even though it's whatever eleven hours of your life if you watch the extended, <laughs> extended versions of it. Um, How many times books, have you watched it? Or read the books as well. That would be, you know. Uh, but this real, I mean, I think it's it's just such a, a great example for all of us of, of the journey that we're all called on. Like we're all called to be saints. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that starts when we're dead. It starts right now. Like what is keeping us from being a saint right now? Amen. And again, all of those characters in all of the, the movie, like they just simply did what was asked of them. They discovered their place, their role, their response, and they did it. And as long as they did what they were supposed to do, Things went well for everyone else as well. I'd just contribute if uh, anyone is interested in an insight into purgatory, C.S. Lewis writes a book, The Great Divorce. Oh, yeah. And it is mysterious. It's uh, not a simple read, but it is the most helpful way to understand Mm -hmm. how is my life right now possibly going to look in purgatory based on what I say yes or no to. I was going to use that example. The great uh, divorce. Leave it at that. The grass is made. Yep. Yeah, just so right there. Right. Go you're find right. out. You, everyone, <laughs> the great divorce. Yep. C.S. Lewis. I was, I was for a moment. I was like, if I add this, it's totally sidetracked. This isn't no, going to no, work. No, 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 Should no. I say it? Should I not Absolutely. say it? And Absolutely. I was like, say it. And then we're all like, yeah, yeah. It's a great 100%. read. One hundred percent. Well, it's been fantastic, and I think on that we'll wrap up with uh, the words of Frodo to Sam as we wrapped up the Lord of the Rings trilogy that you cannot always be torn into your part of the story will go on. We just pray that you would continue to go on with your story and the great adventure that God has called you. Let us pray the family prayer. Our Father, Father, we we thank thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next month. December's movie of the month is Elf.